So uh, I'm grateful uh, that you all are here today. So excited to uh, get ready to teach today. And so if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter number 28. I'm excited, okay? Uh, we're still in our series on community. And uh, including this week, what we've been talking about is coming, growing, and going. So the first week we talked about welcome home. Uh, last week we talked about I'm growing up. How many people were here for that message? Growth spurt, hashtag, use that. Uh, and this week we're talking about uh, going. And so the title of this message is Mountain Climbers. If you're taking notes, write down Mountain Climbers. Uh, we're talking about Matthew 28. We're talking about uh, those uh, really two verses, but I'm reading four that make up the, uh, what we call the Great Commission. And uh, there are some things that I, there's some paradigms. There's just a lot, okay? There's just a lot, y'all. <laughs> trying to get my thoughts together, and I just feel like it's about to be a fire hydrant that pours out. You're just going to have to deal with it, okay? So uh, uh, there's some things that I need to put into context, and then there's some things that I just want to run away with. Uh, but I want to uh, start in Matthew chapter number 28 uh, at the 16th verse. Here's what it says. Uh, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee. So uh, 11 means Judas is dead, okay? Uh, and Matthew wanted to make sure you knew that he was not with them at this time. Uh, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's our great commission, okay? So bow your heads, let's pray over the word before we get started. Holy Spirit, give us the strength to climb mountains. Amen. Uh, so, this particular uh, message uh, is, is really uh, in line with the paradigm of what God has called us to do as a church. If you've gone through our Engage class, and we had an Engage class yesterday and about 50 uh, more people, anybody from this uh, uh, service that, hey, y'all, new, yay, new residents, grateful for them. Uh, when we talk about coming growing and going, what we're trying to give people a, a picture of, a simplistic picture of, uh, is what the body of Christ, the church, is actually called to do. We're supposed to come here, get equipped. We're supposed to grow spiritually in our walk with the Lord, uh, but then we're supposed to go. A lot of times uh, when people uh, gather or, or, or become a, a church body, the organism, uh, they, they come and they grow, but it just grows in. And it becomes kind of like this isolated, exclusive club of people that have kind of mastered whatever they think about God, and whoever doesn't think the same way as them is wrong and needs to be enlightened. You don't worship like we do. You don't think like we do. You don't, you don't, you don't order your, and structure your service the way we do. Uh, and the truth of the matter is we're supposed to be here long enough to grow and then get out. Because you stay anywhere long enough, you will get cabin fever, okay? Any, anybody ever, like, been sick and, or, or, or moms, if, if, if you have been pregnant and you had to stay in the house for a little while, don't, you, don't the walls start kind of closing in on you? You're like, I have to get out of here. I don't care if I go to the mailbox. That will be the equivalent of me going to the moon uh, if I just get to get out of this house. And so, uh, in the same way, uh, if, if, if we look at church and our assembly as, as just a place where, you know what, I need to be here, and if I'm not here, then, then, then I'm, not, I, I, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, or, or, or these are the only people that I want to be with, it, the walls will start closing in on you. And before you know it, um, nobody wants to hang around you because you get crazy, <laughs> and nobody likes crazy people. Jesus gives this mandate, and I love it. When I was growing up, my father used to take us 
to the mountains all the time. We lived uh, in Southern California, and so I think my dad just opened up a, um, I don't know if it was like kind of a city map or something, and found every park uh, within a 20-mile radius, uh, and he just took us to it. And, and it was amazing because he worked nights, and my mom worked days, and so it, we were about 20 years old before my brother and I had the conversation, when did dad sleep? Because he would get home from work and take us to the park, and he would take us hiking on the weekends. And this one weekend, we went hiking up a mountain. I forgot what the mountain is called. I called him a couple of days ago and asked him. I think he said it was called Lookout Mountain. All we know is that uh, the mountain was seven miles up. I mean, on an incline, seven miles straight up. And I think I was about 12 or 13 years old, and my mom cooked like this huge thing of fried chicken and put it in this foil and, and gave us a bunch of bread, like two loaves of bread, and because she's like, I don't even know what like people who hike mountains do, so <laughs> here's some protein and some carbs, come back alive, okay? So, uh, uh, so we, we start going up this mountain, and I think if my dad was here, he, he would tell you, I think... That, that about three miles into the hike, uh, he thought to himself, I'm, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. This was a good idea. And so why don't we just kind of go up the side of the mountain and uh, say we did it and just come back down? Like nobody has to know we didn't go all the way up. Uh, but something happened that allowed him not to ever raise his hand and say, how about we stop? Uh, it was me. I, I, I was 15 feet ahead of him the whole time. And anytime I turned around and saw him lagging, I was like, come on, dad, let's just go up the mountain. Because I am 13 and full of energy, okay? And I haven't had to work all night, <laughs> okay? And so I'm like, come on. And every time he got ready to give up, he said, he looked up and I was right ahead of him. Come on, dad, let's just, just go. We don't have that much farther to go. Let's just, and I didn't know when the end of the hike was. I didn't know it was seven miles. We were just hiking. And so we were just, so he just said, I, I couldn't in front of you quit. I just, you're the only reason why I made it up the mountain. And we hung up at the mountain for about four hours before we came back down. That was the easy part, <laughs> going down the mountain. But what I realized is that climbing mountains is difficult. That when Jesus calls us up a mountain, it's a completely different call than just, hey, I would like to join you for dinner. <laughs> Mountains have a significant place in Scripture, both Old and New Testament. And again, uh, I was taught to study myself full, pray myself hot. I'm sorry, think myself clear, pray myself hot, and let myself go. I am really, really full this morning. I have to ignore a ton of Scripture in my head that is volunteering to be uh, <laughs> talked about this morning. But I will say, uh, just in the book of Matthew, we see significant times where these mountain experiences um, posed challenges with temptation, uh, gave us encouragement through messages, discourse, sermons, showed us transfiguration, ultimately gave us the Great Commission. Matthew chapter number four, uh, there's three temptations that the enemy comes to tempt Jesus with. The first is for him to uh, turn stones to bread. Uh, that's lust of the flesh. Uh, the second is for him to cast himself off uh, th this high uh, peak, uh, and this is uh, the pride of life. And then uh, the third one is he takes him to a very high mountain. And he says, I'll give you all of this if you'll just fall down and worship me. And this is less of the eye. I, I, I'll give you all of this if you would just fall down right now and worship me. That's why the, the writer of Hebrews in chapter number four says that Jesus was tempted in all points, yet without sin. It's amazing to me that some people, well, Jesus didn't go through what I went through, and, and, and he's never been addicted, and he's never been this, and he's never been that. That's a subcategory under a main point. 
He was tempted in all points, yet he was without sin. Interestingly enough, the, the, uh, Jesus on that last temptation, uh, I, I figured that there's like a little smirk on his face because he's like, I, I understand exactly what you're trying to do. Uh, you want me uh, to take authority without paying full price. And I'm not going to take authority without paying, uh, paying full price. I will not uh, take something that costs me nothing. What's amazing to me is that Abraham said the same thing in the Old Testament, and later on, subsequently, David said the same thing. I, I, I will not take this, and it, and it costs me nothing. He moves on to Matthew chapter number 5, and it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's this discourse uh, that Jesus starts having uh, with all of these people, but he's calling them higher. You come up here, and I want to have a conversation with you. Yes, there's, there, there's times where I want to have a conversation with you, and I'll come down to where you are, but, but if you're really going to be discipled and have impact and change long term, you have to come up here. Matthew chapter number 17, uh, Jesus takes three of his uh, disciples who would turn apostles and takes them up uh, a mountain, and he transfigures himself. Literally in front of them, he transforms into something better than he was and elevates himself so much to the point Peter is so overwhelmed, he was like, oh my God, we got to do something. <laughs> Moses comes, Elijah comes, he's like, oh man, you, you know, I got a great idea. Let's have church. Matter of fact, let's build three churches. And, 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 and God, who hasn't spoken since uh, uh, Matthew chapter number three, well, when he was baptized, uh, just rumbles and says, this is my son, hear him. It's the culmination of what the law and the prophets are talking about. And then Matthew 28, he says, meet me on a mountain. This is after he's been resurrected from the dead. Meet me on a mountain and I'll give you the instructions that I want you to have. And he tells them, I, I've been given all authority, not some. All authority has been given to me by my Father. And here's what I want you to do with that. I want you to go. I, I have all authority, which means you have authority in my name. But you're not supposed to have the authority in my name and just gather and talk about the authority you have in my name for hours and hours and hours and call that a church service. Let's have a revival and talk about all the power we have in his name. Woo! We have power. Woo! Power, power, Lord, power, power, Lord, power, power, Lord, power, power, Lord, Holy Ghost fire, power, Lord, power, power, Lord, power, power, Lord, power. Four hours later, power, power, I don't want to talk about power, I'm hungry. He said, all authority has been given to me. And here's what I want you to do with that authority. Go. Get out of here. <laughs> I called you up here to give you the commission. Now, please go do something with what I gave you. You can't stay here. If we go over to the book of Acts and we start talking about uh, what happens in Acts chapter number two and 3,000 people getting, uh, giving their lives to Jesus and, and, and all the, uh, 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 the, the awakening that breaks out with people understanding that, that Jesus is the Messiah, that, that he is, uh, uh, for the Jews, uh, Yeshua. You, you have uh, uh, this collective of people and then Nero's persecution comes and, and it makes people go, which is what they were supposed to do anyway go. It's amazing how pressure and persecution can make you go. <laughs> I just got to give you what was in my head. Your bladder. <laughs> Enough pressure on your bladder makes you go. <laughs> in the same way, we have all of these 
things going on in society right now with people going, oh my God, and Christianity's under attack, and there's pressure, and they won't let us do this freely, and there's persecution, and I'm like, yay. Maybe we'll actually go now instead of talking about going and not going. He says, I want you to go. Authority's been given to me, and I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. Here's the thing that's amazing about uh, what he tells them to do. Th- this go uh, in Greek has, has uh, uh, way more to do uh, with being active than it does geographical location. Okay? Th- this, this, this word go is like I'm going across the street to talk to my neighbor. Or, or I'm going to dinner with an unbeliever, and, and I think God's going to open up an opportunity in our conversation for me to share the love of Jesus Christ with them. It's not like I'm, I just go to these places on a map. It's like, are you actively going with the intention of shedding the light of Jesus Christ into the light of someone that has not experienced his love and his peace and his power? He says, go. Make disciples of all nations, all of them. Here's what he's doing in that one statement. He's destroying whatever stereotype and prejudice you have. You cannot go after your own. You go after everybody. It's one of the reasons why God called us to this part of the city. I've said it before that this city three years ago was the most racially diverse zip code in the United States of America. Do you know why God gave us the mandate to be here? So that we can reach all nations, not colors, not people that look like you, think like you, grew up like you, but anyone that does not know the love of Jesus Christ, he's given us a mandate to go get them. Actively go get them. And he knew there were going to be problems. <laughs> he knew there was going to be drama surrounding this. He knew that this was going to be a difficult assignment that he gave us. And this is why he said, uh, and, and rest assured, I'll be with you always. You're going to come up against persecution. You're going to come against pressure. Don't worry about that. I will be with you all the time. No matter what you go into, I will be there. So if you come to Jerusalem and Jerusalem does not receive the message, don't worry. I'm still with you. When you start going to the Gentile nations and, and some of them receive it and others of them want to kill you, I will be with you. And so there's, there's this authority given, there's this commission given to us, and there's this assurance given to us that we, as a body of believers, have been commanded to go and impact people's lives and nations. He's called us up mountains. He's called us to go to the mountains and see things change. So, so there's, there's a paradigm of thought that I want you to understand and get. Uh, it's the seven mountains of influence. And uh, we have a slide that's going to pop up in just a moment. It should pop up in just a moment, uh, showing that the seven mountains of influence, uh, these, are, these are cultural influences. Uh, and again, in the same way Jesus was tempted in all points, uh, we uh, have the same opportunity to take these cultural mountains, there's many subcategories underneath these uh, categories, uh, but we can take these cultural mountains of arts and entertainment, business, uh, education, family, government, media, and religion, and see that God has called us to these mountains to effect change. That in this room right now lies enough influence to impact all seven of these cultural mountains. And what I feel like one of my assignments is to do as the senior pastor of this church uh, is empower you to take what God has already given you in passion and in expertise in your skill set and send you with a conscious thought that I have an assignment on one of these mountains to affect and impact change in the places that influence our culture. One of the things that, 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 that 
completely bugs me uh, uh, about uh, uh, most church uh, uh, paradigms of thought is, is that, is that we, we, we just want to hoard people. Let's just get people in. And then let's get them in, let's disciple them, and then let's tell them it's scary out there. Don't go back out there. Ooh, you better stay in here with us, because I mean, out there it is bad. Don't want to compromise your faith. I, I mean, I know you're doing good business, but you should probably be a businessman in the kingdom. Wow, you have IT experience. You should, you should come on staff and do our IT in the kingdom. What? You make like $150,000 in IT in the marketplace, and you want to come and take a church salary? To say you're doing ministry full time? I just, want, I just want to get my mind around that real quick. I want to be in full time ministry. Uh, duh. Announcement the moment you gave your life to Jesus Cristo, you were commissioned and you are in full time ministry. Your butt's getting kicked full time by hell. So I'm probably thinking you're in full-time ministry. <laughs> Satan's not like, oh, he has, he has a regular job at Kroger. I'm not going to bother him. <laughs> but if he ever comes on staff and bags those groceries, I'm killing him and his whole family. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? Now we have to open up a kingdom-minded grocery store? <laughs> and it can't be Kroger. It has to be Christos. I mean, it just, What? Here's the truth of the matter. You're already a minister. If you're waiting for ordination credentials here to call yourself a minister, don't wait anymore because we don't have, like I don't even, the way my account is set up, we don't even do it like that. Okay, so anyway, um, these are the seven mountains that we've been called to influence and impact. God's called us to do it. So there's three points, very simple points that I want you to write down, okay? Pick a mountain. (laughs) Pick a mountain. If you're wondering, well, how do I pick a mountain? What do you already have a passion for and, big all caps on and, and an expertise in? You'd be amazed how many people spin their wheels uh, doing stuff that they don't have uh, a grace for or an anointing for, but they feel like it's deep and spiritual, so I should do it. I'm writing a Christian book. No one's going to read it. Mm -mm, No one. No one's going to read your book. I just feel like the Lord's leading me to write a book. It's going to change the world. Mm -mm, No, it's not. No, it's not. You're not an author. You don't have an audience, but you have been at your job for 18 years, and you have a bunch of awards in your cubicle. And you already have relational equity and an influence and an expertise where people will already listen to you in that field. How about you change that? Why don't you write a book on that? You already have a skill set and an expertise in this area. But, but again, I think, I, think, I think it's been the fault of the church to tell people you got to do more God stuff. Like, like, just have a different stream and, and do, and it's like, you're already doing it. Why would I tell you to change from, like, God's art? It's been like 25 years. Been, what are you doing? So how do you pick a mountain? Pick what you already have a passion for and a skill set in. Point number two, write this down. First, pick a mountain. Second thing you want to do is climb the mountain. How do you climb the mountain? We've picked the mountain. How do we climb the mountain? You establish relationships. You start shining your light. That's how you climb the mountain. Embassy City Church has an apostolic assignment. We have a local church expression and assignment of what God has called us to do. We also have an apostolic assignment. Apostolic assignments means that we just send. We we are constantly looking to send people to go do stuff that will influence these mountains. 
Now, there's some people that have the, 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 the paradigm of the seven mountains of influence, and, and it, it's just like all takeover stuff. We're going to take over for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. It's going to take over all the mountains. Good dude in Jesus' name. We're going to establish dominion. Woo! Dominion will be ours. And all the people that don't believe like we believe will bow before us. It's like, like I'm like, is this 300? Like, are you, Leon, are you Leonidas? This is Christian! How do you climb the mountain? You establish relationships in your area of expertise, and you start shining the light of Jesus Christ. And that's how you start ascending the mountain. It's not about taking over. It's about impacting those. And here's here's, uh, the lazy way people want to do it. Uh, Let's just find uh, the people that are at the peak of these several cultural uh, mountaintops and just pray that God get them saved. Like if Tim Cook, who's the CEO of Apple, gets saved, pew, I won't have to preach for the rest of the year. All the Apple products will be Christianized. All the apps will be about Jesus. No. Our mandate is not about hoping God does something through someone else. It's yielding to the Holy Spirit that he would use us to change everyone that we can come in contact with. And if we do that over the next 20 to 30 years, we may have people from Embassy City Church that are on top of these mountains, influencing them in a way that really sees the culture transformed. I was asked last week uh, by... uh, one of the uh, directors at the Irving Los Colinas Chamber of Commerce, uh, if he could throw my name in the hat uh, so that I could serve as one of the board of directors uh, for Irving Los Colinas. Well, part of my ambassadorial assignment uh, includes government. And so if God wants me to influence in the civic space, I didn't ask for it, I wasn't hoping for it, I wasn't crossing my fingers like, who do I need to talk to to get in there? But I've been establishing relationships, having the type of conversations that city officials are like, this guy, this guy is, here's what they say, normal. (laughs) Like he's a pastor, but he's normal. Because you know what most pastors do when they sit down with city officials? They, they, They talk church speak. May I remind you, if you go back, if you go back and read uh, the account of Joseph and his influence with Pharaoh, the account of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and their influence with the government and the Babylonian uh, authority and control, these men all spoke, uh, all, spoke, all spoke fluent Egyptian and Chaldean. See, we, we read the whole narrative in English, and so we're just thinking this is a... But, but, but Joseph learned to speak uh, the Egyptian language fluently. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah went to Babylonian, Babylon University. Okay, they came out with PhDs. They knew the culture uh, just as well as people that were born and raised in it. They were bilingual. They could speak the language of the marketplace. Leave the church speak at the house. And when you come into a meeting in your area of expertise and you sit down, hey, good morning to everybody. How are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. (laughs) Just want to put that right out there right now. I am a Christian. Better know that. Bless God. Can I pray over the meeting? Can I pray over the meeting? Just want to set the atmosphere. What are you talking about? We have a PowerPoint presentation to talk about how much water supply we have for the city for the remainder of the year and the fact that we might be in a drought. And let, let, let's pray that this drought ends now. We don't need to do a rain dance, bless God. We can just go out here and in Jesus' name impact the heavens till clouds roll around. I'm believing God for it. You know what? I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. 
Mm. <laughs> the guy at the the guy at the head of the table is just writing a note to himself. Never invite a Christian again to a business meeting. We've given ourselves a bad rap. We just have. What I'm saying is pick the mountain and then climb the mountain. Start shining the light of Jesus Christ and opportunities that are given to us freely. It is like Jesus is like, he just sets up alley-oops for us all the time. The whole notion of bullhorn in the park, you're all going to hell, give your life to Jesus now. That's not evangelism, that's harassment. <laughs> I, I can get in a restraining order against you. I would like that person not to be within a thousand feet of me ever again, okay? Your area of expertise and influence, climb the mountain. Shine the light of Jesus Christ. And I promise you, on these several, on these seven mountaintops and their cultural influences and the subsets, the subcategories they represent, when you are shining the light of Jesus Christ, it will not be long before someone notices what is different about you. Like, like I see you ascending and going up. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. I, I see God. I, I see something happening with you, and you're being promoted, and, but you're, you're just different. You don't do what the other people do. What is it about you? Boom, light shine. Checkmate, game over. Point number three, write this down. Change the mountain. You pick the mountain. You climb the mountain. You change the mountain. You know how you start to really be influential on these mountains? Solve a problem. <laughs> Ask God for a witty invention, an idea in your area of strength. Solve a problem and you'll gain influence. The conversations I'm having at the, uh, uh, with the city right now, I'm asking them, what are the problems that need to be addressed? I know that we have other churches and organizations in the area that are helping. I, I want to know the unique way that Embassy City can partner with the city of Irving so that we can change our environment. Well, when you solve a problem, when you ease attention, when you become a solution, you start to become a person of influence who has impact in your area of assignment. I used to work for Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation, and I started off in the mailroom uh, there, right off uh, Freeport Parkway, a couple of miles from here. I was in the mailroom, and uh, there was an opportunity that opened up for me to uh, work in the call center. And uh, so I went through the training, I got on the phone, and because I've I, just been gifted to talk, that's what I just talk, okay? Um, from, I remember being five years old, my mom still has a report card that says, Timmy is a good student, but he talks too much. Like, as soon as he's done with his work, he gets up and he's like, hey, you, you guys doing okay? Everybody good? <laughs> I was pastoring my kindergarten class, okay? I was trying to equip disciples, okay? That's all I was trying to do. I didn't know I was doing it, okay? You guys good? Everybody good? And they're like, Timmy, just sit back down. We're the teachers. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're good, but you don't know Aisha. She needs special attention. I just need to, okay. So I'm in the cubicle and within six months of me being in the cubicle, they came to me and they said, hey, uh, we've been listening to you on the phones and, and, uh, would, and we know that uh, you, you do some stuff in ministry, but would you be open to like train people uh, and, and, and do motivational speaking for our other departments? When morale gets low or we come to the end of the month in certain departments and collections have to be made and stuff like that, could you just come in and like uh, be the icebreaker or, or whatever? Well, here's what was happening. It wasn't because I was having a Bible study during coffee break. My, my work ethic proved to them that this person's bought into the company. There's integrity. He comes to work on time. He comes back from lunch on time. We've heard about this, this other stuff that he does, and we don't want him to preach to us, but like, if he could give us the motivational side, man, we'll take it. And that's exactly what I gave him. 
And God started to open up more doors of influence. I started to have an impact with more people. That was at Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation. Can you imagine if I walked in with the mindset of, I won't be here long because God's calling me to full-time ministry. One day I'm going to plant a church. When I grow up, like what? (laughs) It's amazing how many people will not appreciate where they are distracted by where they feel they should be going. Can you imagine if David tending his sheep didn't care if a lion and a bear came into the camp because he was so transfixed with the moment he would fight a giant. Make a difference where you are now. So uh, we, we talk about the fact that this is our apostolic footprint and this is what we've been called to do, uh, uh, but this is not theoretical. We're actually doing it we're, we're, we're in, the, in the process of doing it. We're doing it right now. In a uh, couple of weeks from now, uh, there's a couple that joined our church um, uh, a couple of, uh, about a month ago or two months ago, and uh, I was hugging them in our Engage class, and I'm like, I'm so glad you're a part, uh, and where are you going to volunteer? And they were like, yeah, no, we're not going to be volunteering, actually. And I was like, what do you mean you're not going to be volunteering? They were like, yeah, we're moving to South Africa. And I was like, oh! I was like, what? You, you became residents of Embassy City Church, and, and now you're moving? Like, why are you playing with my emotions like this? <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. We, we love it here, and we, we're, we're, we feel very called to the DNA that is here, the paradigm that is here, and we want to take that there. And I was like, oh. Oh, like, Lord, I knew that, like, that was a part of our expression, but, like, I didn't know. Like, right now? Like, right now? Like, we're doing that right now? It's like, yeah, you, we're doing this right now. So, in a, so in a, in, in a uh, couple of more weeks, I'll have an opportunity to introduce you to them. Uh, there, there's a link uh, if you want to fund them as they go on the missionary. We're going to help as a church to do that. But if you want to do that individually as well, as we send them to South Africa, we want to send them with a strong start so that they get established and they disciple people and they begin to take a territory for the kingdom in the place, in the area that God has placed in their hearts. It would be absolutely ridiculous and selfish of me to be like, well, wait wait a minute. You know, I'm thinking like maybe 12 to 18 months after you've proven yourself here, then we'll send you out as missionaries. Well, I know the difference between mature disciples and immature disciples. These are mature disciples of Jesus Christ, and God has called them, and and I felt a peace in my spirit that this is something that we need to get behind. Here's another thing that we're doing right now. Uh, Joe McRae, who is the worship pastor here at Embassy City Church, is one of the most brilliant minds uh, as it relates uh, to arts and entertainment and education, those mountains that we talked about, uh, those two mountains uh, that were displayed up there. Joe McRae came on as the worship pastor of Embassy City Church, and since doing so, he's done an absolutely phenomenal job. But here's one thing I know about Joe McRae. Joe McRae and the call that God has placed on his life is bigger than Embassy City Church. I believe that God called him to be here, he and his wife Bridget and uh, their children Nicholas and Jada, he called them to be here, but he belongs to the world. The way that he has effectively impacted the mountaintops of arts and entertainment and education with literally blow your mind. We had a conversation about three and a half weeks ago, and in prayer, I started praying about, God, what do you want me to do with Joel McRae? Now, you got to understand something. Uh, Everyone that comes to Embassy City Church, I hold with an open hand, because they don't belong to me. They belong to God. So even when God puts them in my hand, I don't do this, like, okay, I'll hold you. Because God may, whenever He desires, want to transition them to wherever he wants them to be. And if I hold on to him, I'll get in a tug of war and I'll wind up with rope burns, not him. So I hold everybody with an open hand. And as I began to pray, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and he said, well, uh, uh, you're supposed to release Joe McRae from his assignment as worship pastor at Embassy City Church and send him out so that he can be more of an impact and influence in the area of arts and entertainment and education. And I was like, no. (laughs) 
I'm good. That's, that's, yeah, we'll do that later too. It's like, no, this is what I want you to do now. I came back to Joel, who is my friend. It's not just like a guy that I hired. This is my friend. And I, I submitted to him. Here, here's what I felt like the Lord was saying. And the first reaction was kind of like, what? And by the end of the conversation, he was crying, I was crying, and we both knew this is the Lord. In the next 14 days, what has transpired in this man's life is absolutely unbelievable in the area of influence and in the area of his expertise. People that haven't called him in two or three, four, five years, picking up the phone. God just laid you on my heart. Can you come out here and do a workshop for me? Can you fly out here and do this with me? Can you? Philippines, uh, I don't know how many places have called this man, but it's been a lot. Uh, And so we are sending him as a church out into those mountains of arts and entertainment and in education. He is still going to be a resident of this community. This is home for him. When he is in town, he will still be playing back there uh, and doing all the amazing things that he, that he does. Uh, but today, uh, we're going to pray for him as he gets ready to transition back into full-time ministry. <laughs> Impacting the areas of arts and entertainment and education. So, Joe McRae and Bridget... So, so like I said, you all might be seated. Like I said, this guy is my friend. There's an anointing that God has placed on his life. Uh, and we would have never imagined a, a five-month-old church. <laughs> uh, we, it, it was funny. I was talking to him last week, and I said, uh, man, could you imagine five months ago, like if I, could, if I would have came to you and said, hey, uh, here, here's what the Lord is saying. Come on staff for five months, and then we're going to send you... <laughs> Then we're going to send you out <laughs> to go into uh, the seven mountaintops to influence arts and entertainment and education. He told me exactly what he just said demonstratively. No, like I would have not, I would have not done it. But, but, but God, God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he sets things up in a way and in order to put us on the path that he wants us to be. And so, I, I'm so first of all, I'm so proud of Joel and Bridget because this is not normal, okay? It's not normal that we could have this conversation. It's not normal that we could uh, all feel a peace about it. It's not normal that the bride uh, uh, is got a smile on her face. Sometimes when you do a transition like this, people are like, uh, bye. <laughs> it was nice. Oh, no, we're friends. You'll never see us again ever <laughs> in life. But I mean, God bless you, you know. Uh, uh, but we still get to be a family. It was funny, Joel uh, uh, told me that when he went home and and he told Bridget, uh, after processing for himself, that had to be an awkward ride home, he tells Bridget, and Bridget's response, well, well, we ain't leaving the church. (laughs) I was like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So uh, if you always stretch your hands towards Joel and Bridget, we just want to pray over he, his family. Again, he is not leaving. We're sending him, okay? He's going. He's not leaving. He is going. Uh, and the wonderful thing about going is that you get to come back <laughs> and be a part. So, Father, we thank you so much for Joe. We thank you for Bridget. We thank you for the anointing that you have placed on their lives. God, the gift of music and education that you have given to this man is absolutely astounding. Uh, God, and the influence that uh, he has seen in the past uh, pales in comparison uh, to what you have called him to do in this season. I thank you, Lord God, that his latter is going to be greater than his former, that all the years that he has been doing music and educating, all the downloads you've ever given him, all the notes he's ever taken, all the paradigms of thought you've ever brought to his mind was preparing him for this season. And Lord God, I pray that in this season, you would miraculously and ridiculously clown Joel McRae with provision, with influence with open doors of opportunity, let it be confirmed in such a way that the only thing he can say is, thank you, Lord. Thank you that he is still a resident of our community, a part of this family. Thank you that he will still impact what goes on here musically and educationally as we train the next generation. 
And God, I pray that you would just continue to be with him and show him what you have called him to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you. So again, like I said, uh, uh, this is, this is, it's not a goodbye, so you all don't have to get him goodbye cards and start a money tree on his lapel. <laughs> you, you'll take the money tree? Okay. <laughs> so w- w- with every good and God-ordained uh, transition, uh, the Lord uh, opens up opportunities uh, for other people to be able to step in. And with uh, Joel uh, coming uh, and transitioning from that responsibility of being the worship pastor, uh, we began to pray and seek, God, who would you have in this season uh, serve in this uh, uh, function for us? And so we reached back to our home church, Gateway, who is our uh, sending church, and the apostolic church for sure, uh, and we started asking them, hey, uh, we, we need somebody that would uh, uh, either uh, permanently or for an interim uh, season come in and help pastor our worship department. And they go, oh, yep, got it. I'm like, you got it? Yeah, we got it. Oh, yeah, no brainer. They got this couple. Forget about it, okay? They send them over there. <laughs> I just, now I'm thinking about Italian movies. Forget about it. We already got it. I call little Tony. <laughs> Not a big deal. What do you need, huh? You need me to come up there myself, or I'm sending a little Tony. It'll be good. Okay. Sorry. I'm random. You guys know I'm random. Deal with that. Okay. Um, so, uh, God has sent us an incredible couple. I want them to come now. John and Hope Adams are going to be serving as our interim worship pastors right there. They, they will begin. You guys know I'm a hugger, so let me hug them before I... <laughs> so, uh, John and Hope Adams have, uh, they, they are, the, uh, first of all, just wonderful people, uh, but they are also a husband and wife worship team. They, they both sing and they, they both uh, uh, understand what it is to, to lead people into God's presence. They both have pastoral experience, and uh, they, they are serving as our uh, interim worship pastors uh, for a season, and uh, so I don't want anybody to like, like start clenching their legs like, thank you for coming, never leave, okay? That would be awkward for them, so stop that right now, okay? Uh, but starting in March, uh, uh, you will see them uh, leading our team uh, in worship and, and doing some things for us uh, uh, through the week uh, to help uh, get us to where we want to be and where we want to grow and where we want to go. And so anytime there is a good sending, God is always bringing as well. That's why it says you'll be blessed when you go in and blessed when you go out. So remember, it's coming, growing, and going. It's just like shampoo for your hair. You wash, you rinse, you repeat. If we're a healthy body, we'll always be coming in, we'll always be growing up, and we'll always be going out. And it will just be like this until we hear that trumpet from heaven, okay? So, so I want to, uh, uh, to pray for them as well, if you all would stretch your hands towards them. And the giftings and the talents that God uh, has given them, uh, my prayer for both of them is that uh, it would be uh, freely expressed in this house, uh, that, that what God has placed on the inside of them, whether it is songs that they've written uh, uh, and ex- a certain way uh, to worship and express that, we want, that, we want to see that in full measure, okay? So, Father, thank you so much for John and Hope. Thank you for the anointing that you have placed in their life. Thank you for their kids, Lord God. Thank you for uh, this season. God, uh, you know what you're doing. <laughs> and so I pray, Lord God, that you would just um, uh, bring a peace over them and that you would bring a, an anointing, an approval for this season that as they serve at Embassy City Church, Lord God, that they uh, would catch the vision, see what God has called us to do, uh, and lead us in a way uh, that brings heaven to earth. Thank you, Lord God, for their lives. I pray that you would cover them. Everything that pertains to them, let it be covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. And for your glory, use them, Lord God, so that souls may be saved and that, may, that people may come into the presence of an almighty and living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you.
You're welcome. Hugs going in and hugs going out. So, um, not only did we have a message today about going, we actually showed you going. Uh, and so in a minute, I'm gonna have y'all go, okay? <laughs> Away, so that we can have another service, okay? Um, uh, this is the assignment of our church. I'm excited about it. I'm excited that God gave us an apostolic uh, footprint in a DNA. Because apostles are the only ones that like sending people. Like, like I've, I've joked with my wife that whoever the, the next senior pastor of Embassy City Church is, is the person I couldn't kick out. Because I'm going to send everybody out to go. If I see an anointing, I'm going to be like, you know what, you need to be over there. You should go over there now. And they're like, but I just got here. Go over there. <laughs> because I want to see the kingdom reached. And I'm not going to be selfish and hold on to people. I want to, I want to, with an open hand, pastor and steward people the way God has called us to steward and release them in the appropriate season that they, so that they can affect change in the earth. Amen? Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? What I hope is happening is that you're getting a burden and... Uh, an excitement about going. Again, not, not geographically having to go somewhere more than actively, consciously shining the light of Jesus Christ and impacting the seven mountains of influence. It is by no mistake that Moses met God on a mountain. It is by no mistake that God told Abraham to take his son up a mountain. It is by no mistake that he was transfigured on a mountain. It is by no mistake that he called his apostles to a mountain. We're mountain climbers, y'all. We go through valleys, but we're called to the mountains. So if you're in here, I'm just sounding my voice and maybe the Holy Spirit is waking up something on the inside of you. Maybe you've been pursuing a path that doesn't really line up with your passion and skill set and God is saying, I need you to get back in this lane. There's more for you to do here. In a moment, we're going to pray, and if you need prayer for any reason, we want you to come. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want you to come. If the Holy Spirit is bringing you to Jesus, you know right now something that you did not know before when you walked in here, and that, that is that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. In a moment, we're going to sing one more worship song. We're all going to stand at that time, and if you need prayer for any reason or if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, we'll ask you to come at that time. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person that needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet?